Controlling Demolition in Planning and the Save Britain's Heritage Lancaster Case. You're listening to the Planning, Environment and Property podcast, brought to you by the members of 39 Essex Chambers. I'm Richard Howard, I'm a barrister and QC at 39 Essex Chambers. The most irrevocable way of destroying part of the built environment or heritage is to demolish it. Despite this, control over demolition has been fragmented and much demolition was outside the planning regime until relatively recently. This all changed with an epic conservation battle in Lancaster and the decision of the Court of Appeal in 2011 in the Queen on the application of Save Britain's Heritage and Secretary of State for Communities and Local Government, known as the Save Lancaster case. At that time, the planning system dealt with demolition in this way. In principle, the demolition of a building could be development, which could only lawfully proceed with a grant of planning permission. However, the Town and Country Planning Demolition Description of Buildings Direction, 1995, excluded from what was development any building other than a dwelling house or a building adjoining a dwelling house. So broadly speaking, the demolition of a commercial or public building did not require planning permission at all. Planning permission was required for the demolition of houses and flats, but permitted development rights existed to authorise those works as long as prior approval had been sought and if necessarily obtained of the means of demolition and the restoration of the site. Where demolition needed to be approved under a heritage regime, such as listed building, conservation area or scheduled monument consent, there was also no need for planning permission. A building owner would have to give notice of the intended demolition to the local authorities' building control department under the Building Act 1984, but that was concerned with safety measures rather than whether the demolition took place. Save Lancaster concerned proposals to demolish the former Mitchell's Brewery site in Lancaster. A former brewery in Malthouse of 18th century origins, altered and extended in the 19th and 20th centuries, where a brewery house tower and associated ranges designed by W. Arthur Denton in 1901. It was constructed of rubble, stone and brick and largely roofed in slate. At the time proceedings were commenced, the brewery site was neither listed nor in a conservation area. Centros Miller made a planning application for a retail-led mixed-use redevelopment of what was known as the Canal Corridor North, which encompassed the Mitchell's Brewery site. The scheme had major heritage implications, including alterations of six listed buildings and the demolition of numerous buildings within a conservation area. It also proposed the demolition of Mitchell's Brewery. The Centros Miller scheme was called in by the Secretary of State for his own decision. The developer had refused to attend the inquiry and this left the local planning authority having to defend the scheme. English Heritage and Save Britain's Heritage attended in force to oppose the project, instructing Ewan Cause and Andrew Deakin as counsel, respectively. Under cross-examination by Mr Cause, the stance of the council's conservation officer was left unclear. Now, a witness's advocate can, as further questions in re-examination, seek clarification of what was said in cross-examination, but that has its dangers. In re-examination in this case, the conservation officer confirmed that part of the scheme was unacceptable. The council then abandoned its support for the project partway through its own evidence, 
and there was an expectation that planning permission was going to be refused by the minister. At that point, the owner of the brewery gave notice under the Building Act 1984 that he was intending to demolish the buildings because the demolition direction did not require planning permission. Say Britain's Heritage brought judicial review proceedings to stop the works, bringing a direct attack on the demolition direction. Say's case was straightforward. The European Union's Environmental Impact Assessment Directive required assessment, known as EIA, of projects in certain categories which were likely to have significant effects on the environment. An EIA would involve the publication of a detailed report by the applicant, known as an environmental statement, consultation with the public, the consideration of all this material by a public authority, and the publication of a reasoned decision on the application for development consent. Stop. Save so that the demolition of a building could be a project within the urban development project category of the EIA directive. Consequently, it should be possible to require EIA of a demolition proposal. The EIA directive is principally implemented in the UK by allowing for environmental impact assessment where required of planning applications. But since in the demolition direction planning permission was not needed, there was no mechanism for requiring EIA. SAVE said therefore that the demolition direction was contrary to the EIA directive. It meant that no consent was required to proceed with demolition and therefore there was no way of requiring EIA to be carried out. For residential demolition, which in principle stop for residential demolition, which in principle would be permitted development, there would still be a need to consider whether EIA was required before permitted development was allowed. This was provided, of course, the SAVE were right that demolition fell within the EIA directive. SAVE obtained an interim injunction, and the case proceeded to the hearing of the judicial review. Whilst the case was underway, an 18th century malt house on the site was made a listed building, but, as I've mentioned, schemes with listed building consent also benefited from the demolition direction's exemption from the need for planning permission. There's no EIA regime for listed building consent, so even if that consent was obtained, EIA would not have to be required, and its demolition would still not have been development under the direction. At the same time as the Safe Lancaster case, the European Commission was bringing proceedings against Ireland, contending that its exclusion of certain demolition from EIA was a breach of the directive, a case called Commission in Ireland, uh, C50-09. This arose from a decision authorising the destruction of a national monument at Lismullin, County Meath, to enable the M3 motorway project to be built. At the High Court hearing, uh, Judge Pelling QC asked whether the SAVE case should be adjourned pending the outcome of the Irish case. Now, both myself for SAVE Britain's Heritage and James Marici for the Secretary of State said we wanted to continue. The High Court rejected SAVE submissions, holding that urban development projects, for example, required construction in the sense of putting up new buildings or the extensive modification or refurbishment of existing buildings, that the demolition of a building was neither a project nor a change to a project. The European Court of Justice gave judgment in the Irish case on the 3rd of March 2011, holding that demolition could be a project for EIA purposes. 
that helped Save's case, which was being heard by the Court of Appeal the following week. But since the judges there included the leading planning judge, Lord Justice Sullivan, on typically decisive form, the ECJ's assistance was unnecessary. And when we came to the hearing, the court did not feel the need to hear a great deal from me. For the Secretary of State, James Marucci delivered brave, skillful and doomed submissions that the European Court of Justice was wrong and its judgment only applied to interventions in the natural surroundings and landscape and had no application to the demolition of a brewery in an urban area. Lord Justice Sullivan held, if it is accepted that the works are capable of having significant effects on the environment, the definition of project should, if possible, be construed so as to include rather than exclude such works. The execution of demolition works falls naturally within the execution of other schemes. Demolition works are the antithesis of construction works, but the first limb of the definition of a project is not confined to construction works. It expressly includes other schemes, i.e. schemes which are not construction works. Well, Justice Sullivan continued, It is a curious and thoroughly unsatisfactory feature of the demolition direction that those demolitions which are most likely to have an effect on the cultural heritage, the demolition of listed buildings, ancient monuments and buildings in the conservation area, are effectively excluded from the ambit of the directive. If demolition is capable of being a scheme, it is also capable of being an urban development project, even though the project comprises only demolition and restoration of the site. The Court of Appeal therefore declared that demolition of buildings is capable of constituting a project falling within the directive, that the paragraphs of the demolition directive which excluded non-residential buildings listed buildings, buildings in conservation areas and scheduled monuments from the meaning of development were unlawful. Minor categories in the demolition direction are buildings with an externally measured cubic content of 50 cubic metres or less, or the whole or any part of any gate, fence, wall or other means of enclosure were not the subject of challenge and were retained. The court's solution is neat. Subject to those limited exceptions, all demolition requires planning permission. It would usually have permitted development rights, but the case established that there was a need to screen de demolition proposals so as to whether environmental impact assessment is required if various criteria are met. Usually, a prior approval application must be made, which gives warning of the proposal. If the building is of special interest, it may then be listed, or proposals for a conservation area brought forward to include it. An Article 4 direction may be used to remove the permitted development rights, so requiring a planning application to be made. The Save Lancaster case not only saved Mitchell's Brewery, but transformed heritage protection for buildings of local interest. Their loss could be prevented in appropriate cases. I'll pick up some of the consequences in future podcasts. Thanks for listening. At 39 Essex Chambers, we cover a vast array of practice areas and sectors. You can find out more about our expertise and our barristers at 39essex.com, where you can also see our extensive catalogue of articles, podcasts and webinars. Music